Welcome to another episode of When the Bell Tolls a Big Cuz. Tonight we review the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view. We run down the card, give our insights on the match, we talk about all the matches that happened tonight. Some things we might have done different. But stay tuned, and I hope you thoroughly enjoy this podcast and our trip down AEW Avenue. Welcome to another episode of When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. So we just finished AEW Double or Nothing. This is a one-year anniversary of their first pay-per-view, their first show. So, I mean, it was a big thing. They mentioned it several times during the night. Top to bottom, I thought it was a pretty good show. Now, I will say this. It went almost four hours. But, to me, that seemed too long. But, it's just it's become the norm in wrestling. I, do I like a pay-per-view finishing at midnight? No. I prefer it ends about 11 or so. But ending at midnight, was to me, was just too long. But I also think WrestleMania is too long. So, for those marks who want to call me that, I thought the pay-per-view tonight was too long. There was too many, like, gaps and dead periods. There wasn't as much... There was too much downtime to me. But that's just me. So we start off with the buy-in pre-show. Best friends versus private party determine the new number one contenders for the AEW tag belts that are currently held by Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page. It's a pretty decent match. I, I got into it about halfway through the match. But I saw one of the coolest moves by Private Party. They had one of the best friends rolled up. I can't remember. Maybe it's Trent. And they were had him rolled up and the other one stood on Private Party's back, Quinn, or, and they did a, essentially a backflip or a uh, shooting star press off his back onto the guy. Pretty dang cool. I love that. But best friends are the new number one contenders for Omega and Page's AEW tag belts. First match of the night, and it kind of shocked me that this is the match they led off with, was the casino ladder match for the future AEW world title shot. So we know so far that Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, Ray Phoenix was supposed to be in this match. He got injured on Dynamite. They replaced him with Joey Janela. And there was a mystery competitor who turned out to be Brian Cage. He'd made an appearance in AW before during last year's Casino Battle Royale. I want to say so. I could be incorrect. But I know he's made an appearance before. He was the mystery competitor. He was entry number nine. He wins the match. They make him look like a million dollars. He comes in. He just destroys everyone. They end up burying him under the steel barricades. They put a big casino chip on him. He busts through that. Now, I will say this. Luchasaurus also looked like a million bucks in this match. He had huge spots. And it was just great to see him finally be able to break out of that little Jurassic experience or whatever the group is called. But Luchasaurus, I think, could be a main event guy down the road. He has all the tools. Orange Cassidy kind of looked dull in this match. He had his spots, which are normal, but it wasn't the same freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy that we'd been getting. Jimmy Havoc was involved in this match, which kind of shocks me that he wasn't actually in the match to start with. But, I mean... 
we got a little tension between SCU and Sky and Kazarian. So I like that a little bit. So we may be seeing some dissension in the ranks as we go on down that way. But Brian Cage now holds the casino chip with a future world title shot. He's coming for you. He had this cool move. Darby Allen got hurt early on. He went to hit Kazarian off a ladder with a skateboard. But he made a impact in the match and it ended Cage put Darby Allen on top of a ladder press slammed the ladder outside of the ring with Darby Allen on it into another ladder very interesting very interesting spot Cage is your new <coughs> Cage is your winner I'm sorry y'all shouldn't have coughed on the mic but just roll with it but Cage is your new is the winner of the casino ladder match we get Next up, which, outside of the Stadium Stampede match, for me was the match of the night. To me, it stole the card. Someone compared it to old ECW when you got actual wrestling instead of entertainment. We had MJF versus Jungle Boy. This match, surprisingly, was fast-paced, huge spots with several false finishes. We had an injury angle with Jungle Boy injury angle with MJF but I mean I loved this match start to finish it ended MJF rolled him up sort of like a super crazy pin so it's not been done in a long time but MJF beat Jungle Boy in what I called the match of the night loved it loved it we'll hope to see more from them in the future next up the TNT title and I hope to God that this was not the final product of the belt. I know they said at some point that they still haven't put the gold plating on it. If you haven't put the gold plating on, don't unveil your title yet. It just looked bad. It looked like a creative championship from the video games. But we had Cody versus the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer. Cody with Arn Anderson. Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts. Mike Tyson has free reign in this match. Which he was involved in 5 seconds total. But he was the one presenting the belt. We got Lance Archer hit blackout early. His finishing move. Archer looked like a million dollars. And that's huge thanks to Cody. He dominated 85% of this match. We got a point where he went for a move off the top rope. Arn Anderson hit him. A ref runs out of the back. Ejects Arn Anderson. Well, on top of that, they then eject Jake the Snake. Interesting thing. He had not done anything in this match at this point. Jake the Snake comes back out with a bag, which all we all know has a snake in it. And at this point, Mike Tyson, for some reason, takes his shirt off, scares Jake away. Cody Rhodes hits all three Rhodes family finishers, pins Lance Archer. Cody Rhodes is your inaugural TNT champion. I like it. It was the only match on the card that I did not predict correctly. So, thanks Cody. We had another match that probably should have been on the pre-show. This was Penelope Ford filling in for the injured Dr. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Not a whole lot stands out about this match, but Chris Statlander won. So I, I was able to predict this match right, but it needed to be on the pre-show. It didn't really fit at the time and thing. Next one, also very interesting, more of a comedy match. Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes. Spears comes out in a suit because Rhodes hasn't been seen in weeks says ring the bell or go ahead and start counting because the match has started Dustin Rhodes music hits once and we all know 
it turns into Spears turning around, looking at the ring, and looking at the camera, which was weird to me since it's a pay-per-view. Knowing that he's playing the same trick like Michaels did with Bret Hart's music. But it hits again. Brandy comes out. And in the camera, Dustin Rhodes creeps in and attacks. We get to a point where Dustin Rhodes has stripped Sean Spears of everything. All his clothes. So he is wrestling in boxers and short and socks. And his boxers have a picture of Tully Blanchard on them. For some reason, on the crotch. I don't understand the point of having Tully Blanchard on your crotch. Who knows? Dustin Rhodes wins, by the way. In this comedy match that probably shouldn't have happened, ever. Next up, Nyla Rose versus Shiata. AEW Women's Championship. No disqualification, no count out. Match. Nyla Rose dominated early, like the beast she is. She continued to dominate. Shiata had some offense. Shiata, Shiata, I don't know. And then she was able to get more outside the ring than she ever was inside the ring. Rose puts her through a table in the corner. Then she hits the running knee, Kinshasa, several times, breaks the kendo stick over Nyla Rose's head, pins Nyla Rose for the 1-2-3. We have a new AEW Women's Champion, Hirokua Shida. Like it. Like it. They did a little honor thing with her. So I'm really proud that they have a new Women's Champion. Another match that I predicted correctly. So next up is the first of two main events tonight. AEW World Title, John Moxley the Champion versus Brody Lee the self-proclaimed AEW World Champion. They all they they ribbed WWE a little bit in this and I liked it. They said both Moxley and Lee had a history. They shared locker room when they were in the indie scene up north. Fitting. I thought it was a little funny shot. They might have been in the indie scene together, but I knew what they were angling at. They're angling at Brody Lee dominates early. Shock of all shocks. The the biggest guy in the match should dominate. Mox finally gets some shots in. He They tumble outside the ring more than once. Both of them hit a dive outside the ring. They end up, Moxley sets the steps up. Lee goes for a powerbomb. Obviously, we know if you're on the steps going for a powerbomb, that never works. Moxley flips him over his back, puts Lee through the ring bell table, of all things. You don't see that used too often. He hit the paradise. They all they get up and they fight to the ramp. Lee kicks his butt to the ramp. He goes for a powerbomb off the ramp. It's altered and shifted. Conveniently, we get a paradigm shift through the, through the ramp. Lee hit head first. So, I mean, he... Moxley's the first one out of this pile of rubble. Lee, you get a picture, and he's just drenched in blood as he gets out of it. So they get back in the ring. He goes for a paradigm shift again. Lee kicks out at one. And then we get Moxley going all rogue and Brock Lesnar on it. He's just striking Lee's head. Elbows, fists, everything. And it just kicks out of paradigm shift again. And one more time. And then we get Moxley locks in the sleeper hold. 
and Lee doesn't tap, he just goes to sleep. So you're still your AEW World Champion, John Moxley. They make Brody Lee look very, very big in this match. So it's an interesting go about it, considering that I thought it was unnecessary for him to be in the match so far. But I thought he got pushed too early, but I was alright with it. So next up, the second main event, and a lot of people have called this the match of the night. It was a lot like Final Deletion, a lot like the Boneyard match. I mean, you needed 85 cameras to keep up with all the action. I tried to track everything and write everything down. I have three and a half pages of notes. So if I miss some stuff, whew, good luck trying to find it. So, Inner Circle versus the Elite. So we get Inner Circle comes out with matches inside TIA, TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, in Duval country. Ring placed at the 50-yard line, barely used by the way. Inner Circle comes in in their own designed uniforms. They're in legit football uniforms. Love it. They start on opposite sides of the field. Aubrey Edwards blows the whistle. Everyone runs at each other like it's dodgeball. They all have weapons. It's great. So we're five on four. Inner Circle five, Elite four. Fifth man has not shown up yet. We get a point and the camera pans and here in rides Adam Hangman Page from Aaron Creek, Virginia himself on a steed. He comes in on a horse and chases Sammy Guevara out. Inner Circle dominates very early and we get points in the ring where everyone hits their signature move. Everyone. Guevara and Jericho throw the Young Bucks into the goalpost because Guevara comes back, Hangman gets lost on the concourse. Only fitting. Matt Jackson backflips off the crossbar of the goalpost. Last time I saw someone something hit a goalpost like that, it was an Alabama field goal kicker. So, love it. Omega and Ortiz both use a rubber traffic cone as a weapon. Thought that was interesting. And then we get the image in the, the video of Hangman riding his horse on the concourse, trying to find Guevara. All of a sudden, he spots the lobby for the West End, or North End, one of them. He finds the lobby is code word for the bar. So, we get a camera angle cut again. Ortiz and Santana are battling Hardy and Omega on the upper deck of the, the facility. Loved it. Ortiz and Santana powerbombing through a steel barricade. Matt Hardy gets thrown into the pool which has been filled with water from the Lake of Reincarnation. Matt Hardy goes under the water, comes out as broken, goes back under, comes out as version 1, and then they throw Matt Facts on the screen. Love it. This is where we get the first, I guess, botch by the announce team. And I don't know that they realize it, and I'm shocked they... But Tony Schiavone on air says, You just said you're lying too soon. That's not a good look from Tony Schiavone. And the announcing crew struggled tonight, I'll say that. But this was one, it stuck out with me. I know some people may not have heard it, but it did. Hardy then straps Ortiz into the chair of wheels. Loved it. Then he puts Santana into the ice freezer and, and locks it with a broom handle. Said it should help with your inflammation. Loved it. Love Matt Hardy. Jake Hager now goes searching for Adam Hangman Page. They find each other in the bar. 
Paige looks at him, says, you hear? They sit down at the bar, they have a drink, and then they start brawling like it's APA. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Hager runs Paige down the table like it's a old western bar scene, all the way down, everything. And then we get one of my biggest pet peeves in the wrestling industry, and it's just not AEW, it's WWE, ECW, all of them did it. Just completely just makes me... It just drives me crazy. I don't need a replay three seconds after that spot happened. They literally had one replay tonight that was less than two seconds after the initial move happened. I don't need a replay that soon. I'm not, I don't have short-term memory loss. I can remember what just happened two seconds ago. Omega then runs in and saves Hangman Page. They break a case of the bubbly over Jake Hager. And then they share a drink together. Which was the first time in wrestling that I can remember, outside of Kurt Angle, that milk was used in a match. Hangman poured Omega a shot of milk. Omega poured Paige a shot of whiskey. They clanked, and the whis the milk went into the whiskey, and Paige chugged it. I know that can't be good. Ugh. Jericho now uses a down marker on Nick Jackson as they're battling back on the sidelines. Matt Jackson is hitting the Locomotion Northern Lights starting at one end zone and all the way down to the other. It's the first time anyone in that stadium's ran 100 yards in a long time. Loved it. So Nick now pelts Jericho with footballs. Obviously hits him below the belt. Love it. Then the mascot comes out. Jericho hits the Judas effect on the mascot as he lays him out. And then he get, Jericho gets super kicked into the kicking net. And Jackson looks and goes, it's good. Loved it. Then Jericho gets a point where he tries to pin after he hits him with the baseball bat, Floyd. Jericho goes for the pin, gets a two count. He challenges the pin, and him and Aubrey Edwards go into the replay booth and review the pin. I thought that was great. I love the football shots during this. We get the locomotion Northern Lights, and it finally reaches the end zone. Matt Jackson does an end zone dance. The ref flags him for it. Excessive celebration. Jackson super kicks him. Ref's knocked out. Loved it. And then we get a point where Matt saves Nick or vice versa. And they put Jericho on a conveniently placed table. Nick runs up the stadium steps, runs back down, leaps off the railing, puts Jericho through a table. Loved it. And then we get a we get Adam Hangman Page drunk stumbling down with the paint machine to paint the sideline line and goes right up and over the middle of Jericho. Loved it. Made him look like Pepe Le Pew. Next we get Guevara sends up. He's like, wait a minute. I'm the last one standing. I must have won. And all of a sudden we hear the engine rev up. And it's Hardy and Omega returning with the golf cart all, uh, I think, two weeks ago when they hit Guevara with the golf cart. I loved it. We get a key spot again. Guevara runs into the bleachers and we get Hardy and Guevara fighting, and we get a little drone shot. Vanguard One returns. He's been in the he's been in reincarnated as Neo One. I loved it. Then we get Omega hits one winged angel off the top of the runout tunnel for the win. Says so the one two three elite wins and celebrates with a Gatorade bath. This was a very entertaining match. Probably a lot like watching WCW World War Three back in the day. 
it, it needed about 85 cameras and I'm so glad they did this because I don't know how well this match would have been received had it been traditional 5 on 5 in the arena so overall I give this pay-per-view a firm B plus because we had a couple dull matches there in the middle but we have them in every wrestling company no matter what it is so I'm not just a mark for WWE Every every company has these dull matches during the whole card. So not oh, the entire card can't be great top to bottom. But for me, match of the night, MJF and Jungle Boy and the Stadium Stampede. I love these type matches. Love them. Worst match of the night, Statlander and Ford. And Spears and Dustin Rhodes. At least Ford and Statlander had actual wrestling. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of When the Bell Tolls a Big Cuss. As we take another trip down AEW Avenue and we review the double or nothing pay-per-view that just happened. So thank you again for all your support and remember when the bell tolls the match is over.